Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Batter Up. The definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up Reaction to Game 2 of the National League Division Series again, uh, between the Braves and the Brewers. I am Caleb Johnson and with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe how are you feeling after finally the, the Braves get a win and, and get to go back home with this thing split as we uh, as we knew was possible um, as it heads back to Atlanta? Feeling great. This is easy. No problem at all, right? Braves just took, uh, took, a, <laughs> took home field advantage. You know, everything's going our way. We got Ian Anderson pitching tomorrow, probably at a beneficial uh, pitching matchup for the Braves. No, I mean, it was, it was a much more pleasing game to watch. I think we were just discussing this before we came on just on the eye. It felt like the Braves had more opportunities to create offense uh, inning by inning, as opposed to yesterday where it was uh, kind of like a slow dirge throughout the game uh, in that crazy pitchers duel. Uh, So I'm feeling good. You know, I I really do feel like the Braves are, you know, kind of back in control of the series. Um, And it feels like they have some mojo now going for them where, you know, after the game that they had yesterday, it was just kind of, you, you know, you didn't know it, it felt kind of, um, I don't know. It just felt like uh, bad times. So feeling better now. How about you? I, I am not willing to say that the Braves are back in charge of this series. Uh, like playing your role. Uh, this is the well, good cop, bad cop uh, yeah, no. that we have going on the podcast here. But it, but it's true because, you know, it, it's, it's one of those saw some really good things tonight. Saw some, some smart, really smart base running by Freddie Freeman tonight, whereas a night ago didn't see necessarily what I would consider the best base running. Uh, um, and, and just overall, like just the fact guys are getting hits. I mean, just, just strictly from a one night to the next. Uh, last night we had what? One, two, three, four, five, six. If you throw Charlie in there too, seven guys who went up to the plate last night and left without a hit Mm -hmm. Uh, that was not the case tonight now so far in the series you've just got 
Adam Duvall and Travis Darno is the only Braves hitters who don't have at least a hit, uh, which makes a difference. Like, like it, it just think, feels go ahead. I, I think that's what you're pointing to is exactly one of the reasons I feel like a lot better is because it feels like, you know, Freddie Freeman got a big RBI hit that he needed. You know, Austin Riley, it doesn't feel like he's tensed up anymore. I don't feel that way about him because he hit that homer. It feels like kind of the weight is off his back. I felt like the players that needed to come up big in this game, Ozzy Albies, another one had that double that was right off the top of the wall. I felt like it was important. It was important for me to see that from, from those <laughs> yeah. guys. Well, well, and, and fair enough. I will say this. There was... I had some real concern as to whether or not what happened last night was just going to be what the Braves were going to look like, which is you weren't going to get much offensively outside a hit, you know, a mm -hmm. home run or, or, or something of the sort. And I mean, I think last night there were what, nine total hits in the game. Uh, and then the Braves tonight just uh, themselves alone had seven. So you just, like you just you see those improvements. The reason why I'm not willing to go and and be like you know, whoo, all right, we can you know we can calm down now and and we can kind of see this Braves team take over the series is because give me another game of this, give me one more okay. of this, uh, especially when you're not going to have a a sure thing uh on the mound uh, and, mm -hmm. and yep. you know i i get ian anderson especially last postseason was a godsend for this team what was you know just so incredibly uh composed hasn't necessarily been that this season but to get what you got out of max freed tonight just incredible once again i i wondered how you felt joe about we, we got polar opposites from last night to tonight. We got Charlie Morton, who people felt like was left in too long. Mm -hmm. And then did Snit learn from that or just feel a little differently tonight? And so Max Free gets pulled after 81 pitches, maybe somewhat a little early, but also had those signs of getting rattled in the sixth inning. Did you did you like that move? Yeah, we get pulled there. We, we were texting about this. It was almost the same exact scenario other yeah. than if Max had gone out for the seventh and like walked a guy or gave up a hit. I can't remember what Charlie Morton did with that first batter that he put on before the homer uh, yesterday. But um, I don't know. I don't I don't know if it was Snit kind of, you know, learning a lesson or, you know, just deciding to, to go with a different route. I do think that the fact that Max Freed is it would be your game five starter in this series does play into the fact that he would want to get him out of there, not like tax him too hard in this game, especially when you kind of have the comfortable, you know, comfortable-ish lead that, yeah. that the team had. You felt like that the that they had enough in the bullpen to get that through that pretty cleanly. The game did kind of bog down in that seventh, eighth, ninth inning. It was not nearly as smooth as it was while Max Freed was out there. But I just wanted to give a shout out to to Freed in particular because. Uh, I, I was talking to Thomas Mott, our, our colleague at 92.9 this morning on his on his morning show. And, um, you know, I was I was thinking about Max Fried and last year in 2020 when this starting rotation was really totally out of sorts. And it seemed like Max Fried was the only kind of regular starter that you could rely on to give you a good outing. I think they went through like 18 starters that year in 60 games, like something crazy like that. Yoli Chassin started the game. Uh, they, they were trading for guys and starting them like on the day that they traded for him. Like it was so bad. And so what that did was it made Max Reed have to 
they put so much pressure on him to go have to go out there and basically give them not just like a, a decent start, like a good like six innings. He was having to go out there and really give the bullpen a night off, essentially, and having to pitch like most of those games uh, and lock teams out. And he did that. And there was just so much pressure on him every single game. It seemed like he went out there. And I that's why I just really feel so confident in him in a situation like this when there is a lot of pressure and I wouldn't have nearly the amount of confidence uh, in this type of game with other pitchers as I do with Max Freed. So it was great to see him go out there and just completely shut down the Brewers. And we know that they already struggle more against left-handed pitchers than they do against righties. So it played into his favor as well, just matchup wise. And he went out there and did his job completely and really set up the team to be in a really good position. So hats off to him for that. And it also matters when you're getting run support. I think that, that, you know, can't be understated enough is you talk about those decisions being made of, you know, Ooh, I really, I need to get one more inning out of my starter or nope. You know what? We can turn to the bullpen because then tonight you got exactly what we spoke of last night was a potential scenario that could have happened if Charlie Morton had been pulled before the seventh inning mm-hmm. and you get Luke Jackson in there, Luke Jackson comes in tonight and I won't say like it's stuff wasn't terrible. It was it okay. Just, yeah. yeah. It just wasn't necessarily there. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you get that scenario where, all right, you got to pull Luke or you don't have to, but the numbers would tell you and the scenario felt that you all right, Luke Jackson got through two let's you know <laughs> Matt Sick needs yeah. to come in and, and, and it creates that awkward scenario uh that you know leads to to guys on base in uh uncomfortable close game yeah and, and Craig Council brought in uh Vogelbach to pinch hit in that scenario and that's when they decided to make the move and yeah. it was the right move to make because he has crazy splits I saw Brad Rowland pointed out that he has a 117 WRC plus against righties versus 46 against lefties. So I think it made a lot of sense to bring in Matzik in that spot. And then of course they, 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 they pinch hit it. They subbed him, subbed him out again, but it made better sense than to have Luke Jackson just stay in the game um, against the hitter of that caliber with, with that kind of matchup. So I think that it was the right call. I thought it was a well-managed game by, by Brian Snicker. Uh, You know, I think I thought that he, he made the right moves when he needed to. Well, and didn't make moves when mm-hmm. he could have yeah. there in the eighth inning. Yep. That was one that, that look, uh, uh, there's a buddy of mine uh, that me and him have, have gone back and forth a long time over Tyler Matzik. And, uh, you know, he's been a strong believer in, in Tyler Matzik needing to be the closer here in Atlanta. And my one position against not having Matzik in that position, in that position is the fact of, I feel like Snit likes to put him in somewhat low pressure situations. Uh, you know, he, he shows he's a really solid pitcher. That's great. But he also doesn't necessarily end up in some of the most stressful innings. He did last year in the postseason. And tonight was uh, as about as stressful as, you know, as you can get outside mm-hmm. of it. Uh, Given you know, his role. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the fact that I guess it was a three run game instead of a one run game. Uh, and so any damage that he could have done um, when, you know, he had two on would have t- just tied the game instead sure. of giving up the lead, but still super high pressure situation. And you saw, you know, an Enoa there available 
uh, if Snit wanted to turn to him and trusting in his guy worked out. So, you know, you, you, you talk about hats off to, to Max Reed, hats off to Tyler Matzik to get put in an awkward position where you've got to come in and get the final out of an inning, go back out. Um, and, and I, I guess kind of, you know, like Tyler Matzik is truly rewriting his career just mm-hmm. in the oh, last yeah. two years. Yeah. I mean, it, it is completely wild. Like, you know, I, it just, I think sometimes people he almost for, left baseball completely. Yeah. Know? Well, that was, that was, it got brought up last night. The fact that he was, you know, pitching in an independent league in 2019 uh, and, and just the, the complete turnaround that he's had and, and how consistent uh, and dependable he's been. It was, it was shown again tonight that uh, I mean, all of these relievers, it was kind of like, bend but don't break like the, <laughs> well, the lame trope that we love throwing out was actually true and that brings us to uh phyllis in the comments who said will yeah. smith Woo, yeah. because that was hey i, te- I texted kayla Dora. i was like not like this i know don't let it happen like this well and it felt like it it, it felt I like i mean it felt like it with matzik in the eighth where it was like oh all right is is this lead gonna get blown right here with one swing then you get it right there in the ninth inning i see I have this weird thing with Will Smith that um, the numbers, like like the history over this season has shown that he might mess up, but more, like so many more times than not, he's going to come through, even if it's just allowing like a run. I, I was, I was honestly, I was fully anticipating him allow him to allow a run and it to be three one mm. and everybody's <laughs> like oh no AL. but mm. uh he's just kind of, he's, he's been that way all year yeah of where you have to really sweat it out but it's almost in a very weird way uh like he thrives on <laughs> having a runner on base it's almost like he, he feels eats. the anger of Braves fans and he's yeah. like, it, it powers him. It gives him more movement on his slider and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and because yeah. and, 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 you see it when he gets that final out every time he's been in one of these high, high pressure situations and he gets that final out, like you can see this rage, you know, kind of come out of him mm-hmm. uh, that it's, it's almost like it drives him and he needs a little controversy yeah. uh, to get through the inning, which obviously is is very stressful but it's great for tv it's great tv i love uh, also you know dave o'brien from the athletic asked uh, brian snicker post game uh sometime last week in the final week of the the season about will smith and just you know it was one of those games where he had made the save but he gave up a few barrels uh you know he put runners on he may have given up some runs i I can't even recall exactly uh but he asked you know he asked nicker about you know is is that a concern or whatever and snit you know really defended will strongly and you know didn't quite have a what i would call like a blow up Snit really doesn't do that but it was as close as you'll see just kind of doing that he was i would say it was like right on the edge of him just kind of like wanting to like rant and scream and stuff like that. But um, I thought it was kind of funny after the, uh, when he, when he gave up the walk and they had the, the camera on snit in the dugout where you could clearly see <laughs> yeah. he's like pissed off. That yeah. He just walked him. Um, but I'm sure he would defend him again tonight in the, in the, pre- in the press conference. But you know, I mean, he did get the job done. So you, so you gotta give him credit for that. Well, so here's a decision that I want to talk to you about. Cause it's something that we were texting during the game. Uh, I was very surprised when when Freed was taken out of the game and we saw Jock Peterson 
because uh, you and I were going, well, do you, do you send him out for another? And I was kind of on the, I want to pull him, but I understand if Snit doesn't. Then I saw Jock Peterson. And I was like, okay, decision has been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I was telling you, maybe this is a time you expect a Jacob Webb uh, or someone of that caliber because right. you've, you've, you've got a couple of runs on a lead. Uh, and instead, Snit goes with the decision of, we have to win this game. And so so yeah. he sent out his his best three guys. How do you think that's going to affect things now that those guys are, I mean, pretty much at least I would think out of the picture to pitch on Monday? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that they will be able to pitch. I, like they'll technically be available. I don't know if they will be well, kind of the first names you would go to in the same exact situation like they did tonight. Um, you know, because they will have the day off on on Sunday. And also they had a a, a long rest or just kind of a a period to be able to kind of recover um, and do whatever they need to do in that five games time period before game one yesterday. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not a reliever, so I I don't know how those guys feel, uh, you know, necessarily like whether they would be available or not, but uh, I think that they will be available. But to your point, I don't think that they would, he would necessarily go to them in the exact same way he did tonight if the same scenario were to arise in game three, I think that, you know, honestly, it, it was, it was very interesting to see, you know, get up in the bullpen uh, because he's a guy who obviously a lot of us have been kind of thinking might be, or would be the game four starter. Yeah. Still could be, you know, it's not like getting up is it necessarily kind of throws that out the window, but it does certainly seem to, to say that, you know, that, that Brian Snicker is going to use him in like tight situations you know, at the end of games. And I think that's the right call to make too. I mean, I I would rather go to him if you feel like he's the one who can get you out of trouble than trying to like save him for a specific point. It'll be interesting to see if they ended up, if they end up going to him in game three, because obviously if he pitches in game three, um, that would rule him out of a, of probably of starting that game, unless they only plan for him to do like a kind of like an opener situation and do like a full bullpen game in game four. But um, I thought that that was honestly one of the more interesting parts of the, the bullpen management, despite the fact that, he didn't even get in the game. Well, yeah, it, it seems like it's one of those, like, is that is that tipping your cap to Drew Smiley starting game four? Or is that tipping your cap to we pulled Charlie with 84 pitches and we think he can go out there on short rest? Like, it's one of those. Either way, it seemed, at least seemed to me that if you're making those kinds of decisions in game two, uh, then you're not necessarily expecting him for game four. But like you said, I mean, he didn't use him. You know, he, yeah. he, he didn't uh, um, he didn't pull the pin out on him just yet. And so, you know, it is is available. It just it, I don't know. It just seemed like uh, showing some of his his future decisions there. Yeah, so we we talked about this also when the roster came out, and I, maybe even before the roster came out, when we were kind of doing predictions about what we thought would happen. And I thought that it like, especially after the roster came out and Smiley was on it, I thought that that really leaned toward him starting Game Four. And I think that you know if you look yeah. at Drew Smiley this year, he has been pretty damn good. His first and second time through the orders, it's just that third time through the order, things really have fallen apart for him. And when you look at the splits, the the Brewers this season have only OPS 648 uh, against left-handed starters in games when left-handers start. Um, and, you know, again, Smiley's got those good splits for early in the game. So I think you are looking at Drew Smiley as a game four starter, not a, a starter you expect to go six or seven innings or something like that. I think he'll probably only go 
three, four, maybe five, if he's really, really good. And, and he hasn't gotten to the top of the uh, order for the third time yet, but I, I would certainly expect that at this point, given the way that we saw Brian Snicker preparing to use Waskar, you know, tonight if he needed. And he said it all along that, you know, would be available out of the bullpen in these yeah. games, in games one and two, if they felt like they needed him, of course, that was, that was on the cards tonight, but they didn't end up using him. So he would still be available. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a some sort of a, Smiley, you know, a kind of combo start for for that game four. I think there are, are worse ways you could go about it. But I, I do think it leaves a lot of options still on the table. But I, I agree that I think he may have kind of we may have learned a little bit uh, something of something about um, what he'll do in game four based on what we saw tonight. I still I still am of the opinion that I don't want Drew Smiley making an appearance uh, in this postseason. Doesn't feel great. But uh, at the same time, you know, if. It's one of those, if that's what it comes to, uh, at least I'm not the one making the decisions. Cause, well, and uh, I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see if the Brewers run Corbin Burns back for game four yeah. on short rest. I mean, cause I, I don't, I don't know. I could probably look it up uh, right now about what his splits are like when he's on short rest, but you know, just given the way he pitched in well, game one, I don't want to see him again, <laughs> but I, I have to imagine he's not had that much experience at pitching on short rest right. just from the fact of what it was. It was, last year that he was a bullpen guy yeah and so yeah. he and he and Woodruff both last time they were they were in the playoffs in 2018 with the Brewers but they were essentially bullpen arms I, I think they may one of them got a start where they did a piggyback situation but you're right they haven't really been in these situations here's another one this is a stat that was said on the tv broadcast because there was a weird move made tonight that ended up being completely insignificant uh, but Jock Peterson comes to the plate, gets a base hit, and then we get Terrence Gore mm-hmm. who comes in, who is a Terrence complete, Gore season. Yeah, who is a complete shock to make this roster. The man has two two World Series rings. That's just wild to me because <laughs> of the teams that he's been on and literally just been on those teams to be a base runner in the postseason, which is exactly why he was brought onto this roster was to be a base runner to get steals. So I don't know if you caught this, Joe, but Terrence Gore in postseason history has five steals in, in, in his postseason career. Do you know how many at-bats Terrence Gore has hmm. in his postseason <laughs> career? Uh, I'm going to say it's less than five. It's two. Two, yeah. two at-bats. The That's man amazing. has, yeah, the man has five Talk steals about and, and two at-bats. Yeah, so just a weird scenario. I was really scratching my head because I was I, I was texting you that I was confused why, I mean, sure, Jock Peterson, not the best base runner, but also there was like two outs in the seventh, and I was like, what do we, what's the decision-making here? I don't get why, you know, why, why two bench players are being burned up uh back to back in that scenario but then it also just yeah it led to a really odd uh scenario where that stat came up and I was like huh yeah you you want to talk about you know you don't often think about uh specialists anymore in major league baseball especially as relief pitchers have have kind of been uh uh the rules have changed so there there can't be too many specialists anymore but you don't think about uh offensive specialists like that but and, and Terrence Gore definitely fits that category 
Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I, I've been looking up Corbin Burns's uh, career splits and for the three days rest that he would be on if he does start game four. He's only he actually he's never started uh, on that rest. So okay. I don't think it's I, I don't think it's totally out of the cards that they would do it just like the plan for him going three or four innings or something like that. But there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at uh, Luke Jackson sent out a tweet just a, a few minutes ago mm-hmm. uh, and and says, Tyler Nutzak. Uh, that's it. That's the tweet. Um, He's got a good Twitter game. Luke Jackson does for sure. Yeah. So Luke's Luke supporting his teammate there who, uh, like we said, Matzik had a very stressful eighth inning uh, and really came through. So here's where we are. Um, the fact is Braves are tied up in the series. The series is coming home to Atlanta where Ian Anderson is going to pitch game three. How are you taking this all in, Joe? I, I know you said at the beginning of this, uh, very optimistic now. Yeah, that may have been just some, my my optimism talking there <laughs> about about the matchup that the Braves will have tomorrow in terms of him being the, being the better of the of the two starters against Peralta. But I don't know. I mean, I, I just I I generally have confidence that Ian Anderson is going to go out there and give you a good start. Remember, he was the guy who was on the mound when the Braves clinched the series uh, against Philadelphia last week, which definitely felt like a playoff game. Um, of course, there wasn't probably the stress that on that game, considering uh-huh. they pretty much had it in hand at that point. They were going to win the division pretty much regardless. But, uh, you know, I, I just have confidence in Ian. I, I think that he's a pitcher, you know, when you talk to him or you hear him speak in press conferences, he's clearly like a very mature guy and almost, you know, he's been in and around baseball's entire life. His dad is a coach and, um, I just have a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to go in there and, and give the Braves a good start. I will say that, you know, the series does get really interesting from here, these next couple of games at Truist Park, just in terms of a lot of the stuff we've been talking about on this show so far, which is like yeah. all the game theory that's going to be played between the managers, you know, the decisions, um, the, the, I, the, the pitching decisions are going to start getting really interesting because both teams have these kind of top two quality starters that are way above and beyond kind of the rest of the rotation. And so now you're going to start to see probably both teams have a little bit um, more, more spurts of offense where they're able to put runs across the board. It's going to, our emotions are going to get high. At least I know mine will be. Um, And yeah, it'll just, that always makes the game more exciting, right? When there's more decisions that can possibly be made uh, and there's kind of just a, a, just kind of a wild card uh, to, to borrow a phrase to that you can throw in. Here's another little thing uh, with Peralta pitching on Monday. Obviously that's another righty that the Braves are going to be facing. So as Snit has kind of shown all season, doesn't like throwing Jock Peterson in those situations. However, Jock Peterson has been uh, pretty successful offensively in his two pinch hit appearances. Yeah. Is it, are you, are you, Still sticking with Rosario out in left uh, for game three, or are you cool if, uh, or would you be up for a move uh, with Jock Peterson coming in? I would be up for a move. Uh, okay. I thought I would have been up for a move tonight. That's, to that's... be perfectly honest. All right. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. Cause I that's... like, I like Jock Peterson. Just, uh, I get, I was talking to Thomas about this again this morning, but. I like his playoff experience, or maybe we talked about it yesterday. I was talking about yeah, the, we swagger, did. the swagger of Jack Peterson and just like the, the pearls, way he's able to yeah. kind of loosen you up. And especially I feel like at home, that kind of attitude plays really well. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I like him. It does seem like Snit is tending toward Rosario for the defense, for that extra bit of athleticism that he brings. Uh, and I thought he, he, he actually he laid down a, a nice bunt. Is it, was it the first inning or the second inning, I think, that he did that yeah, um, when they had shifted over? Uh, nice little bit of play from Rosario there. Not necessarily the way that I well, think the analytics community would have would have <laughs> would have opted for, but um, if you can do that, then it works. So, well, <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: you talk about Rosario, oh, laying down a nice bunt. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. You know, Peterson's kind of uh, been doing other things. You know, hitting it over the fence mm-hmm. uh, that can and, I, that I think would would be more beneficial. Uh, even though I think Snit said before this game today. That like he was he's planning on sticking with his his same lineup like you saw mm. the brewers the brewers really switched things up yeah especially in the infield tonight uh and i wonder if that's where the the traditionalist of brian snicker holds out that he's like nope i like something i'm gonna keep it going probably yeah yeah i guess i should get my I should not get my hopes up that jock peterson would would crack that lineup but i also think the other thing with peterson um, when you talk about this series coming back to Atlanta, as I think Peterson profiles really well in the home ballpark as a lefty, you know, obviously yeah. Rosario is a lefty too, but Peterson has a lot more power uh, and he can kind of utilize that short porch a little bit more than Rosario would be able to, or, or just kind of would approach it. So uh, I, I like that kind of going in Peterson's favor as well. But, you know, again, it sounds like it's probably unlikely that we see that. Yeah. But at least he's shown that he can, he, he can come into those kind of clutch situations as a pinch hitter and, and perform yeah well I was about to say he uh well and so speaking of that that does also make me think it's very interesting uh when Orlando Arcia is coming in the game and not facing the best closer in baseball looked a little different Mm -hmm. uh I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting um you know (laughs) instead of the deer in headlights that we saw uh, <laughs> right yeah. last night and so i i don't know i guess i i guess on that point it's kind of one of those hey if it ain't broke don't fix it sort of deal um it it did um work out in game one because he did get a you know i mean peterson did hit a home run like it, it, it worked out game two obviously looked uh looked good tonight as well uh, i just would like to see that more consistently in the lineup and i think it would benefit the Braves uh if he if he was in there the entire game uh anything well, else oh, sorry go yeah, ahead well I was just, just to add just kind of before we get out of here I did just want to say I I think that with the pitching that the starting pitching kind of dropping for both teams in terms of the quality that we're going to see over these yeah. next couple of games I do think that plays into the Braves advantage as the better offensive team uh, right and and so I and so I think that things are setting up relatively well for them I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see this series go five games it was always going to be two teams again you know a series between two teams that are both very good um yeah. relatively evenly competitively balanced um but you know I, I think that you got to like where you are now if you're the Braves especially after the way they started the series yeah don't don't say five games I don't <laughs> I, I don't want this it. one well it's it's just one of those I would prefer, obviously, but I just just finish this thing at home. Like, don't don't have to go back to Milwaukee because I think, especially, <laughs> look, uh, I don't know that it'll stay like this, but the way the Giants are looking, uh, yeah, that's that's a team that you should probably want to get as 
much rest as yeah. possible yeah. before Definitely. you have to face. That was, that was uh, impressive what they did to the Dodgers in game one there. That was, yeah. It's, it's almost, well, not a shame, but it's kind of like, it's weird to me that one of those teams is going to be knocked out <laughs> after that because they're both True. really good. Yeah. Anything else you want to get to before we get out of here? Uh, no, nothing else. Uh, we'll be back after game three on, what would that be? Monday. We'll be back uh, again post game. That game is supposed to start at 1 p.m. as of now, unless the Astros end up sweeping the White Sox. So um, I guess root for the sweep. Is that what we're rooting uh, for? Do we want the 1 p.m. start? 1, p- 1 p.m. on a Monday? Yeah, yeah. Um, if not, it will be either be 1 p.m. or 4.30 if the, if the Astros and White Sox sweep. Man, that's really like... It's a, I know that really weird. messes really with weird. your day. It's one of those like <laughs> right. you know, I know I had to well, cancel things. And, and yeah, so I know obviously like like people watching this, plenty of them have regular day jobs right. uh, that that would be very difficult to see. But as someone who doesn't have a typical day job and you kind of plan things uh, to get errands done during the day, it's really hard to. I'm I'm thinking just now, like having to sit down, watch a game, obviously come on and and react to a post game, and then go do some errands or something like that. <laughs> right. That doesn't. Then, then you have things to do afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound very likely. So I <laughs> I like the. I'm weird in that I like these four thirty five thirty starts. But uh, today was very difficult because obviously a lot of college football going on. Uh, if you were like me trying to watch the Georgia game as well as watch the Braves game it was like, come on, really? We got to do this, but it's fine. I had like three uh, screens going. Yeah. yeah. So I guess on a Monday, at least there's nothing conflicting. I would, I, I still had much rather the four 30 start than a one o'clock start. I don't well, know. Regardless of what it is, uh, just keep tabs. We'll be here for you after, <laughs> after the game on Facebook live. So you got that to look forward to. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to complain either way. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, thanks, everybody, for, for watching. We are going to post these um, wherever you listen to podcast. if you did miss out on it. Uh, but for my co-host, Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Thanks for watching Batter Up. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.